Welcome to the Next Level American Dream podcast, brought to you by Thompson Multifamily Group. Your hosts, Abigail and Sean, will discuss how you can take your American dream to the next level through real estate investing, business practices, and personal development. Join us as we share our experiences as a father-daughter duo who are trying to accomplish their goal of financial freedom. We hope you learn more about how to define and achieve your American dream. Here's another episode of Next Level American Dream. On today's episode of Next Level American Dream, we are joined by a certified financial wizard, Lindsay Hambright. She has 20 years of finance experience ranging from investment banking on Wall Street at Cohen & Co. to corporate finance at Frito-Lay and MCI to turnaround and bankruptcy consulting at FTI Consulting. And for the past 12 years, Lindsay has served as CFO of the companies owned by her and her husband, Mike Hambright. Today, she will be sharing her knowledge on the stock market and how real estate could be a great way to diversify. Hi, Lindsay. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. Well, thank you for for joining us on the show. We really appreciate it. So we'll just get, we'll just jump right in if that's okay. And Abby, will start with some questions and and, uh, we'll just see how it goes. All right. Okay, perfect. Your background and experiences are absolutely incredible from your experience on Wall Street to your father's influence in your life. Um, Can you just tell us where that led you now and what you're doing right now in your life and your career? Yeah, so I went through a pretty typical, I have a pretty typical background where I graduated from high school. I went to college at Georgetown University. I had a double degree in finance and accounting. I took an auditing class and realized immediately I did not want to be an auditor, <laughs> which is why I went into banking, investment banking up on Wall Street. And so from there, that kind of gave me a lot of financial background and experience. But the thing about finance is that there's so many different things you can do within the field of finance. And so I have corporate corporate finance experience at Frito-Lay. I've got some turnaround bankruptcy experience at FTI. So I went, I helped a lot of companies that were going through bankruptcy. And so that particular experience really helped, helped me what I, with what I'm doing right now. Right now, I, Mike and I started investing in 2008 because we were complete idiots and didn't know that it was not a good, it was supposedly a terrible time to invest in real estate. But for us, it was a great time to get in because people were leaving. And so you have less competition. And so for, for us, we kind of divvy the duties where he'll find the houses and I'm more of the finance person. I handle all of the accounting, the bookkeeping and keeping him in check and making sure he knows that he's making a profit. So, but all that experience really helped me because we focus on cash and that's a critical component in terms of making sure that you're profitable to keep the doors open as well as building long-term wealth. So yeah. That's awesome. So can, can I just so I just want to throw in there. So Mike Hambright is your husband. You're Lindsay Correct. Hambright, and Mike is well known uh, for his Flip Nerd podcast uh, stuff. He's done f- for like four or five hundred episodes of that. So he's he's uh, kind of the face of I guess of the operation really. But so that's who you're referencing when you said Mike. It's, it's Mike yes, Hambright. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I've been I've known Mike for a long time. He's been he's been a mentor to me quite a bit of my career in real estate. So. He's been extremely helpful and, and helping me, uh, guiding me through my business and stuff as well, too. So he's, he's helped a ton of people 
through yeah. his podcast and just through his training and coaching programs as well. So, but anyway, so I, I just wanted to bring that, make that a note. Uh, when you, when you said Mike, you're talking about your, your husband, yeah, Mike Hammer. Mike, my husband. <laughs> yeah. That's actually a great segue to what I was going to ask, but you took all of that and you're now into educating others and how to do kind of what you guys started doing. So what was that transition like and what kind of led you to go, actually, I want to help other people do exactly what we're doing. Well, this is primarily driven by, by Mike. Mike, he's a very interesting person. He's what I call the wow person. He's extremely creative and he loves helping people. He's got a little bit of a teacher instinct about him. And I'm more of the how person <laughs> where I, he'll come up with an idea and I, I'm, I'm the one that's thinking in my head about, oh, okay, well, how do, how do we execute that? How do we bring it from, from, a, from a thought to an actual reality? So that going into coaching and mentoring people was a natural fit. He, we used to be Homevestors franchisees for a long time, and he helped actually develop their system in terms of bringing on new franchisees and training them. So that's how we first got, got the taste of it. And then from there, after we left Homevestors, he started, he wanted to continue to mentor and coach people because it, it brings a lot of um, personal joy for him. So you have, uh, yeah, it's really good. He he was my DA too, so he was the one that got me started and, and sort of brought me through the system as well. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk about uh, you've got this background in in, in high finance and, and Wall Street stuff, investing, and but you've also been on the streets buying and selling and, and investing in, in real estate for a long time. So you kind of have a unique perspective in, I guess, the two worlds of investing for, and most people are on the conventional side with their stocks, bonds, mutual funds, investing for their retirement. A lot of people aren't really in this real estate space or even know that you can use this as a retirement vehicle. So talk a little bit about, I guess, what you've sort of come from and saw in the past with people and how they invest their money and then what the benefit of what you're doing now or how you're doing it now and how that is, in your opinion, either better or, or some of the, the challenges to that as well. So maybe kind of give us a, a crossover between the two and what you're kind of what you're doing now and how you like it, why you like it. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm invested in both. So I'm invested in the stock market and I'm not too happy right now with that, with everything that's going on. In fact, I just checked pretty much the S&P is down 5%, the NASDAQ's flat and the Dow's down 10%. So Lots of volatility going on right now, just given all the uncertainty with the market. But I'm also invested, we are also invested heavily in real estate. And so to be honest, our best investments have always been real estate. And that's because number one, you can use leverage. You can't use leverage or debt when you're investing in a stock. You have to have all the money to invest. As opposed to in buying a property, you have the opportunity to grow the number of the, how big your investment is with leverage. And so, yeah, real estate has been really good for us. So that's one reason. And then the other reason is that we loved real estate is because you can, you can uh, actively manage it. When you put something in the market, you cannot, I mean, it's basically like throwing money. It's almost like gambling in a way. You can select which companies you feel confident in, but anything could happen. And the thing with, when you, with a public stock, everything is contingent upon those quarterly earnings estimates. And if they miss those quarterly earnings estimates, the stock's going to go down because the market's going to react and you have to take into account that volatility. 
So whereas with real estate, you can buy something that is distressed, you can improve it. And specifically with uh, commercial property, you can have forced appreciation. So if you increase the, the operating income, a lender or even a, a new buyer that comes and looks at that is based off of cap, rate, cap rates, but that's going to value it, the asset much higher. And so that's forced appreciation. So you're still invested in stocks market, the stock market, uh, just mm -hmm. as a sort of a, as a method of diversification for your investments. Is that why you're still? Um, yeah. Part of it is method of diversification. And the other part is it's easy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a place to stick my money for, you know, somewhere. So at least it's working for me whether through dividends or, you know, where it's, it's working for you as opposed to just sitting underneath a mattress, you know? <laughs> right. And then let's talk a little bit about the leverage part you mentioned too in, in real estate. So you can buy, let's say a hundred thousand dollar piece of property and use someone else's money for a percentage of that. And, and that, that as that property is put to work, say as a rental property, that debt gets by, uh, bought down through the rent payments and the sort of the, the business that you operate for that asset. And so that leverage allows you to, I guess, buy much larger or much more assets that will eventually become worth more because that debt gets paid down by someone else essentially as a rental, right? Is that right. kind of what you're talking about? In other words, if you wanted to buy $100,000 of stock, you have to have $100,000. Right. Yeah. If you wanted to buy $100,000 of a house, you need $25,000. Right. So um, that's the difference. And if, and if you, and if the, you turn that into a rental property, the renter is paying, is paying that debt obligation down for you. So over the course of that 30 years or 20 years or 15 years that you have a mortgage on it, that debt just gets uh, uh, paid away by someone else. So it's essentially, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it free money because you have to work for it, but you know, it's, it, it's not, it's not cash that you've got to put into it. Just like you said, with a stock, you know, so it's, it's Absolutely. someone else's money to begin with. And then someone else is actually paying it off for you. So. And not only that, as long as you buy it as a cash flowing asset, the other thing is appreciation. So, you know, as the longer you hold it, more likely that property is going to appreciate it. As long as you keep it up to date, you know, there's not a lot of deferred maintenance. Right. Yeah. And your stocks aren't, I don't, it's not necessarily called appreciation. I mean, you do get growth and things like that, but it's market driven. It's not, I guess, I guess appreciation technically is market driven in real estate too, but it's also just sort of cost of living. You're going to get these incremental increases, that, you know, unless you get an anomaly like a 2008 or something like that, or actually what we're going through now, we're, we're probably going to have price depreciation, I would think in the next uh, few quarters, but unless something like that drastic happens, the, the, the real estate market has historically just sort of incrementally grown. Yes. year over year. So it's yeah. a pretty, uh, I don't know if safe is the right word, but it's a pretty structured or, or historically, historically proven growth. It's not as volatile as what I, I right. mean, how I would, how I would say it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what is, what are some of the, I guess, what are the, some of the benefits of um, the investments that you're doing now? I guess we just touched on a couple of them with appreciation and things. And I get, you're moving more into uh, multifamily as well, right? Is that true? Correct, yes. So yeah, we so. have 45 rental properties, single family. We own a couple notes of properties, like just the bad rentals that we didn't want to deal with anymore. So those off. And uh, we've just did multifamily deals so far. 
And so what is it that you like about the multifamily? What is, what is it that's uh, sort of leading you in that direction? You, you've got, you're in stocks, bonds, mutual funds kind of stuff now. Uh, you've done single family rental, rentals and uh, like you said, notes and things. So you've kind of have a lot of experience in that area. And now you're moving into multifamily. What is it that's driving that? The thing we like about multifamily is that it's just, it's the same thing as single family, but it's just bigger deals. And so you just get a lot more scale. And when you have larger, when you're dealing with larger properties, you can start to afford good property management. And so you'll still be involved in, in the multifamily uh, apartment in terms of creating value, but you can, you don't have to be involved in the day to day, you know, you can afford to have effective property management, collecting the rents, going after chasing after tenants, evicting tenants and stuff like that. Whereas if you just own one single family, more likely chances are you're going to just be managing that yourself and not, nobody really wants to deal with it. <laughs> right. It might be good. Um, but in the long run, that's just going to burn you out. So you like the idea of scale. So the scale gives you the opportunity to go from a hands-on day-to-day operator to a more asset management level where you're just, you know, you're checking your monthly reports and you're checking your quarterly reports and you're maintaining and monitoring what your management company is, is sort of executing on a day-to-day basis, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So what would, what would be the best benefit, I guess, for someone coming from the perspective of, you know, stock sponsored mutual funds and working uh, their IRAs and, and their retirements through that system, what would be, what would you say is, is, would be an important consideration for them and why they should start to consider investing in alternative investments like real estate? Well, I think obviously you want to know the person that is the asset manager. So I think the first thing is getting to know that asset manager pretty well. How do they operate their business? Who's going to be running the property? How often are they going to be visiting the the property? That's probably the first step. If you're interested in, in transferring maybe some of your, the passivity that you have in stocks in the market over to a multifamily investment. So really it, it depends on the operator and how hands-on are they going to be? Because the, the lead syndicator for a multifamily deal, they're really responsible for making sure that that asset is performing. So they're in charge of the property manager that is doing all the day-to-day, they're responsible. So working with that lead syndicator, I think, and feeling confident that they'll be able to, to fulfill whatever that pro forma plan is when they acquire the property, that would be, that would probably be the, the most important. And then the other thing you want to look at with that lead syndicator, I think, is the communication that they deliver. How frequently are they communicating with, with you as the investor? What kind of reports are you getting to see, to, to confirm that your investment in that property is performing? So that, that is another thing that I looked for when I started to invest passively in some of these multifamily deals. I started to look at the operator. I started to look at the financial reports that I got every month because that provides a little bit of comfort to me that my, that the asset is being managed effectively and you can see the progress. So that for me was very important. Yeah. So your suggestion is to make sure that the operator that you're sort of getting involved with or that you're giving um, your money to is, is, is a, has a good operation, very smooth operation, understands the business, has very proactive approach to his investor relations, things like that, right? Yes. 
Yeah. yeah. I think all that is important. Yeah, we do that. I know that we do that. I know you guys do this too as well in your single family business, having your investors, you know, my, my investors are, are pretty much friends of mine. They're, they're the relationship that you have with your investors at this level is a much more intimate relationship than you have, you could ever have with your mutual fund manager. You know what I mean? Right. So right. It's, it's a and much like, different. What's yeah, my a, investor uh, who is my father, I would die before I, he loses any money. So. Right. So there's just like, I, I can't, you can't sleep at night. So uh, that's the kind of person you want. You want someone that can't sleep at night if, if you're losing money. So. Yeah. My, my investors, they're not my father, but that I have a really, I don't know what you call it. Just, it's a very, it's a very close relationship. We don't, we don't, I don't know. We don't really hang out every day, but we have lunches together and I, you know, I'm happy to share information with them. Anytime they, they call me, they get me directly. You know, it's just a, it's just a much different sort of investment style, but I think people, the biggest, the biggest struggle for someone that is out there that has, you know, money to invest in this type of thing is finding people like me or like you yeah. that operate a good business. You know, and I don't even know that I have a place for people to, to go to, to find guys like me other than, other than the podcast that we're doing and things like that. Yeah. But it's, it, I think that is a critical thing is to, to find out who you're investing with because you're really investing it's different than it is with a stock. You know, you're really investing with a person and a, and a little, uh, it's almost a mom and pop operation. So yeah, that yeah. is good advice, I think. Mm-hmm. So your advice on how to navigate the world of different investments, like traditional, which is stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, and then trying to kind of shift that perspective to real estate was absolutely incredible, but we're going to switch gears just a little bit. And I wanted to talk to you about your experience with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That has been a major turning point in both of our lives. And I just really want to know how it kind of changed your mind and changed the perspective of your, your life and how you kind of approach your career. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I'm reading the cash flow quadrant, which is Robert Kiyosaki's, another one of his books, very similar in the vein. And it was really eye opening to me because as I was reading it, I was like, oh my gosh, Mike, we are, we're still on the left side of the quadrant. We need to move over to the right side. So the quadrant is on the left side, you have someone that's an E who is an employee and you have someone that is an S who is uh, self-employed. Okay. These are people that have to, they work for somebody else. They get a steady paycheck or in the case of a self-employed person, you may not work for somebody else, but if you go away, your business basically stops. So a lot of these are doctors, you know, dentists, people that, attorneys, you know, people that rely on their actions in order to provide income for themselves. And so what Robert recommends is moving over to the right quadrant, which is a B, a business business owner. This is someone that owns a larger business that has systems and processes in place to uh, generate the cash flow for you. You don't have to be there day to day in your business. And if you go away for a month, it's still going to run because you have the systems and people in place. And then the last is an investor. So uh, someone that invests passively, that has excess cash and they, they, their money is actually working for them. So for the most part, Mike and I have investments on the right side, but still we're the day to day is still, we're still running as a self-employed person. And so that's why we're looking at other investments such as multifamily, 
to move us over into the B quadrant where you have systems and processes and people in place, your, your A team in place to be able to generate that income for you. So it was really eye-opening. I recommend everybody read it. And then the other thing that was really critical about that book was just realizing that no matter how much education or college you go through, when I was going through, nobody ever really taught you about the importance of generating passive income, uh, investing so that you have this passive cash flow coming in, regardless of whether you work or not. And that in my mind is, is true freedom. When you can get up and not have to work if you don't want to, but still have money coming in. Yeah, that's my experience right now is I'm learning so much in how to build a business by actually doing it and not actually in my classes that I'm taking in school. And then you touched on that's freedom. That's something that I completely agree with and why I'm in this industry. And that's leads me to my next question is our theme is kind of taking on an alternative translation or definition of the American dream and kind of bringing it to a whole nother, a whole nother level. So how do you say you are taking your American dream to the next level? Well, we're working on it. So my American dream in my mind is true financial freedom. So having that freedom, the time to, for me, time is such a, it's such a valuable asset to me that I don't want to waste it. And I would like to, there are things that I'd like to do, but not have to worry about having, you know, meeting my bill payments. So having that true financial freedom for me is kind of the American dream. But with that comes, with freedom comes a lot of responsibility. So just making sure that you're making right investments, that your money is growing, you still have to manage it. You, you have to re still rely, in my opinion, I think you have to rely on yourself. Don't rely on social security to, as your retirement plan, you've got to work and plan for that and, and start building your plan now uh, so that when the time comes to retire, you can not be stressed about it and not be working back at Walmart. <laughs> so I think it's very important. Yeah, no door, door greeting jobs uh, no, in the future, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, if you are, that's great, but yeah. you want to have the option. <laughs> right, you don't want it to be mandatory, right? Exactly. You want it to be because you enjoy it, not because you have to pay the bills, right? No, that's what life's about. I know you and Mike do a great job of just living life today, too. You guys travel a lot. You're, you're always taking your, your family out and having great experiences. So I think you guys, I don't know if that's, that's what you, how you define the American dream, but I think you guys are living pretty good American dream now, and you're working towards even uh, more and more all the time. I see it with you guys a lot. So anyway, I, I just throwing that in there. But so tell us, I guess, how would people, or what would you suggest people go to find more information about becoming a real estate investor or getting into real estate investing or connecting with, uh, with you or Mike and, and your, I guess the things you have going on. I know Mike has a lot of coaching and training for, for new investors. Uh, he has a lot of resources for new investors. Uh, where, where would someone go to find some of that information from you guys? Um, they can go to our website, flipnerd.com, F-L-I-P-N-E-R-D.com. So, and there you'll see Mike's podcast. He's got a lot of good content out there for anybody that wants to learn more about real estate investing. So yeah, come check it out. 
flipnerd.com yeah that'll have that'll get them started with uh, any direction that they want to go i think there's lots lots of uh, information lots and resources content. there content and not just about single family flipping and he does a lot of stuff on multifamily self storage even mobile home investing lots of different asset classes inside of real estate so yeah notes he does a lot of notes, notes. stuff uh-huh. yeah okay great well lindsay we really appreciate you coming on i know I know Mike is generally the face of uh, the operation for you guys. So I, I think it's a real coup for us that you were, that you trusted us enough to come and, and, and do a podcast with us. We really appreciate you doing that. Absolutely. Thank we, you. For your time. experience and your background is, is tremendous. And I wanted, I wanted, uh, if I could, I wanted people to hear that, that perspective. So I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate it, Sean. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks again. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level American Dream. If you would like to learn more about what we talked about today, want to contact the team directly, or are interested in passively investing and being a part of our deal room, head over to our website at www.thompsonmultifamilygroup.com. Before you go, please leave a review. Your comments help us create more episodes for you to enjoy.